Hey there, it's January 7th, 2024, and you're listening to the Tesla Motors Club podcast. My name is Lewis. I'm Mike. And I'm Doug. On today's episode, we're going to cover some new Cybertruck updates. We're also going to review our 2023 predictions. I'm really interested to see where we landed on those. And if things go well, we'll probably do 2024 predictions. All right, all that and more. Episode 57 starts now. I don't know where my brain was going with that, but episode 57. <laughs> is that Heinz 57? Is that what that's Heinz 57? 57. I, saw, I saw 57 in the notes and I was just like, brain not worky. Episode it's a new year. 750. Hey, we're starting seven. off strong 2024. We're starting off strong. <laughs> wow. How are you gentlemen? How was the new year? The holidays? All that? We, we survived. <laughs> made it pretty good i went to japan and i was there christmas day actually and did some traveling and that was good now how does japan handle christmas day because i know like when i was in france for halloween it was a huge deal for halloween oh yeah, oh, yeah that's they interesting love halloween. halloween's gotten big now in europe oh because yeah. i would have thought that was uniquely american not anymore <laughs> yeah so japan does christmas differently in, in the u.s it's more of a, a family holiday everybody sure. has a day off it's, it's also a religious holiday for many people in Japan, it's pretty much like Valentine's Day. Like it's a holiday, but you work on that day. So it's not really a, a holiday holiday, right? Like you work on Valentine's Day. And also it's more for couples, really. It's a big deal to ask a girl out on a date on Christmas. And there's this thing about the Christmas wish. Like you love somebody <laughs> and you make a wish together on midnight. I wish Eve Doug would have asked me out for Christmas because yeah. <laughs> I would have loved to have been in Japan. Sorry, so yeah, anyway. so there's that kind of thing. But it's very commercial. Lots of Christmas stuff, Christmas sales, and then Christmas cake. Christmas cakey. That's a big thing. Christmas cake. Mm. And the other thing they do is Christmas KFC. So fried chicken is a... <laughs> what? Seriously? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a Christmas tradition, and all the other sort of convenience stores have done that. So like Family Mart, Oishi Cakey. <laughs> and the funny thing about Christmas cake is, if it's Christmas Day and as the evening comes on, they still got some Christmas cake there. They're trying to get you to buy it because next day nobody wants it. Don't want it the next day. <laughs> anyway, it's a nice holiday. The real holiday in Japan is New Year's. Like most of Asia, New Year's and in Vietnam, Tet. That's the big holiday. But sure. most of Asia does it on the lunar calendar. So it changes every year, but it'll be like roughly February sometimes when the Chinese lunar new year is. You're but, the dragon coming up. Yeah, it's my year. It's my year. But Japan, since Admiral Perry, when they used to be closed and they got opened up, they adopted the Western calendar. So they celebrate something as big as what would be Chinese New Year, but they celebrate it the same time as we do on January 1st. And it's a big deal to like the first thing you do, like the first temple you go to, the first time you go to an onsen, the first whatever, that's a big deal in Japan. But tragically, there was, yeah, there was a major earthquake on the west side of Japan right on New Year's Day, which is, you know, that's like having a major earthquake on Christmas happening here. So it's the well, major Well, you, you know, something, something else that was celebrated around Christmas time this year was uh, Cybertruck. Uh, yes. <laughs> is that a segue? Is that what that is? <laughs> we have a Cybertruck. <laughs> you have one, personally? No, I do not. But we've no. seen them. Yeah, the Cybertruck is out there. We have seen them. They're out for real. Uh, I have yet to see one in the wild. Uh, I would think most of the deliveries have happened were like California and Texas, I suppose. And, and those people that were given the option of getting... Well, they, they call it a foundation series is that they're calling it foundation. You can upgrade the foundation. Little $20,000 price tag. <laughs> so most of those are Texas and California. So yeah, I've been on the East coast here, so I haven't seen them in person, but honestly I'm pro cyber truck. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I would, I would totally drive one now if I had one, it looks pretty cool and I'm pretty excited about the technology in it. I finally saw one that I did like the big thing lately on X or Twitter was people are getting the trucks wrapped. And I saw one done in a gloss black that looked really nice, I have to say. Yeah, I saw that too. That was by T-Sport Line. And actually, in general, if you just look at the Cybertruck info that's out there and a lot of the YouTube videos, they're by the well-known detailers like uh, OCD yeah. detailing and T-Sport Line and whoever else. A huge market. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what it is. The few people that get one customize it, especially since Tesla doesn't paint it. And the main concern for a lot of people is just the unsightliness of fingerprints and, and whatnot. So, so they want to put a wrap on it. And yeah, we've seen 
uh, army green kind of yeah, color. Saw that. We've seen saw that. Saw uh, satin white. I have not seen camouflage. I saw camouflage, but that I makes saw the sense. gloss black, which looked really nice. Matte black looks like what is made to be apocalypse rolling on wheels. <laughs> yeah, but that glossy <laughs> piano black is striking. So that's cool. So what else have we heard about the Cybertruck since the event? I guess the biggest thing I think that's worth talking about is the out of spec motoring. The range. Did a proper 100% to the car won't run anymore yep. range test. And I believe the conditions were around 40 degrees Fahrenheit, which is pretty temperate. 70 miles an hour, roughly 40 degrees. And it's got a heat pump like the Y does. So it should not take too big a hit on range just because it's a little chilly. And the result was? 254 miles. 254 miles, <laughs> which is pretty disappointing. That's uh, lackluster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I wonder, the EPA cycles, what is that supposed to simulate? Like 70... 70 is pushing, I think. 70 is kind of high. The wind resistance, like the losses due to wind resistance, go by the velocity squared. And the Cybertruck is not great on aero. No, the Rivian's better. Like sharp corners mean that you create vortices. The, the way the air sort of detaches is not clean. Having a closed bed helps a lot, but most pickup trucks, really, it's a... Uh, it's a brick. It's a brick, right? <laughs> Arable. But if I'm not mistaken, when they tested the threes and the Ys for EPA, I thought the test was at 60, which always struck me as kind of an odd measurement historically right didn't the epa tests or whoever sets it nitsa or whatever they usually do them at 55 miles an hour yeah, I, I would assume 55 classic. since that was the national speed yeah. limit for so long in fact that was well, the reason for the national speed limit was fuel economy right. after the oil embargoes of the 70s yeah, but that i mean you go to arizona today and the speed limit's 75 on the well, yeah. highways so well that national speed limit got repealed in the 90s so anyway the thing is the difference between 55 certainly and even the difference between 60 and 70 is huge, again, because it's the square of yeah. the velocity. Right. That could be substantial. And your car will even tell you. My Model 3 sees it. Yeah, it I'll say if it. you want to make it slow down. Slow down. <laughs> slow down to below 70 miles an hour yeah. is what the, the one. So it's, it's disappointing, but not totally surprising. I mean, the other is what's the state of, I don't think there, we know, right, the prediction, the promise from Tesla was a fange and, uh, and that didn't happen. And I think part of that is the batteries aren't, um, and there are a lot of things about the now that tell you, oh, they weren't quite ready. Like I don't know right now on, no, on the, uh, on the site. So th this is Tesla again, sort of delivering a vehicle that's not yet quite ready in well, the software. I, I think that's because their back was against the wall, but they had to deliver something. I mean, let's be fair. They delivered air quotes for the listeners. They delivered <laughs> what, what, 20 the trucks isn't truck. delivered. Yeah, like <laughs> they're not really delivering them yet. So we'll see how it goes this quarter. So I guess the point I was trying to make was that I don't think the batteries were where they wanted them to be. So they're not producing the range that they wanted. And yeah, I, I think the card looks great, but there's still things that got to work out. And probably the longer you can wait, the better. But that's sort of how it is with technology in yeah. general. That's true across the board. A lot yeah, of not just cars, just technology, <laughs> right? Especially a car that like this yeah. that's so really bleeding edge, right? The computer on I, wheels. I mean, I mean, if you want to compare and contrast, just look at the Blazer. I mean, they they brought it out, and then like three weeks later, they said, "Nah, we can't sell this anymore. Sorry, our bad." Can you elaborate on that? Sure. They put a stop sale order out for the Chevy Blazer um, about three weeks after they gave it to the press. Well, you know, Mary led too many problems. Now. They like to say it's all software and they're going to fix it through updates. But some of what I've been reading points to some significant underlying issues. Cover up with software, but I don't think you can fix it. Yeah, I well, that's how we look at the Cybertruck. I think all the autopilot stuff, I would say that's software, but the range, I think some of that's hardware. Mm, that's hardware. I don't think that the hardware is going to change with the Cybertruck in terms of the autopilot or the FSD stuff. You don't think they'll treat it like they do the threes and the Ys where they do all these upgrades midstream and slipstream it in? If they decide they needed a better computer, they might upgrade that, like give a better processor, but I don't think they're changing out <laughs> cameras or anything. I think whatever hardware is design intent what you see is what you and, got. <laughs> uh, and they just need to work out whatever software issues to get FSD working on it. But the things like range, they're not going to give you a new battery, but hopefully six months from now, the, the batteries will be better and, and will perform better. 
they mostly tweak things just for cost and manufacturing speed and things like that. They don't usually change things to make the cars better. I mean, like if you look at what they've done in the last few years, it's like, oh, we removed ultrasonic sensors. That doesn't make the car better. That saves them money. Yeah. There are things that they've done that made the cars better. I know from the Model Y, again, this is the Tesla model. They put stuff out and it's not quite ready. The Model Y, when it was released like weekly, there are things that they were changing. Yep, I remember that. And it was making them better, but maybe because there was a serious deficiency in the way they were delivering it to begin with. I just noticed on my friend's car, the gasket around the doors, they replaced it. The, th- the funny thing is they did it on one side, not the other. So you can just sort of look at it. You see this huge <laughs> gasket that it got replaced with. Oops. And then later they added double pane glass and they changed the buttons. And so there are things that actually made the car better, but I guess they were fixing a, a problem. And they'll do that on a weekly basis. They won't wait. And if there's a a major improvement that, especially if it saves them money, they'll go ahead and do it. They're not going to wait for a model year for that. So I would expect that with the Cybertruck too. I mean, they're still working out manufacturing in terms of streamlining that. Yeah, no kidding. Oh yeah. Well, it's like we were talking about pre-show. We were talking about how we thought they would fasten the body panels and how they actually do fasten Mm -hmm. the body panels. We thought maybe adhesives and something like that, but you saw a video where it actually shows them welding the panel in place. It's impressive. It really is a feat but they're still in process. What was interesting about that video is that actually everybody stayed late and was sort of simulating making a car for the sake of Sandy being there. <laughs> Sandy Monroe, we're talking about. It was a really good video. I thoroughly enjoyed that from an engineering point of view. It was very informative and it answered a lot of questions we had. I think it was reasonable for us to wonder about it, to think, oh, they'll use structural adhesive since that's something that they've used since the Roadster. They've done it. They do it now. Yeah, but given how thin those panels are, like, oh, are they really going to weld it? But it turns out they do weld it, but then they go back and clean it up. Clean it up. Clean up whatever carbon might have uh, deposited on a side that you can see just because of the heat. So that's pretty impressive. That leaves open the question about repairability, though, and, you know, (laughs) what happens when you get an accident. Uh, There's already one customer that's going to know that very clearly. (laughs) There's a lot of commentary around insurance companies and costs for accidents and premiums for Cybertruck. There was an accident with a Cybertruck. And a Toyota. And it doesn't look pretty for the repair costs of the Cybertruck. The Toyota didn't fare well, but I'm not sure the Cybertruck fared all that well either, all things considered. So what exactly happened? So there was a Toyota that was coming in the other direction and it turned hard and, and hit a hill, you know, like a dirt embankment, and then like a berm. bounced back into the road and crossed over crossed over, and, and basically sideswiped this Tesla Cybertruck. Cybertruck got hit on the side. The airbags deployed. Never a good sign. Yeah. If you guys see these photos, they're available online. The first Cybertruck <laughs> accident or rear wood crash or whatever. You see that the side's all scraped up. You can tell that the rear quarter panel, I guess we'll call it, is... Took a hard hit. Yeah. It's pretty dented. And you see then that the driver's side rear well, door. If you look closely, you can actually see where the door jam itself is dented mm-hmm. in. That's always hard to repair mm-hmm. on a car. Yeah. But then you've got a broken wheel too. I mean, the rim took some serious damage. Yeah. They made it uh, bullet resistant. They should have <laughs> made it crash resistant. <laughs> now, well, it held up. It protected the driver. Yeah, the driver is definitely safe. But also from the demos we've seen, people can kick it, the sort of wear and tear. The shopping cart thing is stuff that happens in the parking lot. (laughs) Ruggedness. (laughs) It's definitely resistant to all that kind of stuff. But yeah, you get an actual hit. You need it to deform when there's a real hit, right? Because otherwise that energy goes into you. Kinetic energy rattles your brain and kills you. (laughs) But in regards to repair, so you're looking at a door, you're looking at a rear fender, you're looking at a wheel, you're looking at suspension damage. You've probably got sensor damage because the camera was in the fender well that took the hit. You've got airbags deployed. I would think this is fixable, but I don't think he's going to be able to get the parts. And if you can't get the parts, then it's not fixable. It's a loss. Yeah. You have these two huge castings also. So if there's any damage to those, uh, I don't know. Is this totaled or not? Well, there is this fixable. I, I call it totaled. And I call it totaled more for the lack of parts than anything else. Well, from that Sandy video we were talking about, they had plenty of panels just sort of sitting there waiting to be assembled, right? (laughs) They had lots of parts sitting around. 
I'm, I'm sure the service center, when they got the truck, they just kind of groaned when they wheeled it in. <laughs> I think we heard this was a like an engineering car, right? Or, or like, Oh, was it? I didn't hear that. Well, it was a Tesla employee driving, so I don't think it was quite like a normal sort of customer car. Maybe it doesn't get repaired anyway. Maybe. But I'd like to know what the experience is of your standard owner, you know, how that goes. Yeah. So, somehow I don't <laughs> think the Brillo pad and sandpaper is going to buff that out. <laughs> Well, should we move on to the main event? Oh, man. The main event, the predictions. So what we'll do is we'll go over our predictions from last year. We did a show in December of 2022. We had a whole sort of list of questions that our producer, Adam, put together. What do we think in 2023? (laughs) So I'll go ahead and and go through these. And so I went through and sort of summarized what our answers were, too, so we can see who was right. See who gets the gold star. We'll start with this one. Will Lewis use a supercharger in the calendar year 2023? And of course, Lewis said no comment because he would know the answer. Because I control the fate of that answer. That's right. Mike said no. And I said yes. Yeah, I I lost that one. The situation was if you needed to visit some in-laws or something. But we didn't. So the funny thing is we didn't visit in-laws last year. Yeah, so I think what actually happened was your dad came and visited, and you wanted to take him to Bucky's, and at Bucky's there's a supercharger, right? Is that what happened? It was my mom. Yeah. All right. Yep. Their family. Yeah. My, family. my dad visited as well afterwards, but yes, my mom visited. We went to a Bucky's because she wanted to see Bucky's. They have superchargers, and I was like, "Yeah, well, I'm here. I might as well make sure that it works." Um, I didn't remember who said what on the prediction. Yeah. So yeah. I was not biased. Not, not feeling love there. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> Who's keeping score? Not that we're competitive or anything. (laughs) Here's one that was actually quite impressive. The question is, what month and day will superchargers open to non-Tesla vehicles in the United States? So remember, this was December. This was December of 2022, right? (laughs) And so Mike said, as late as possible, December. Okay. I said... Whatever date was needed, because there are some incentive, some government incentives. Right. So they owe, money. you know, the latest as possible just to get whatever incentives. And I don't even know what the details are of that. Lewis said March, which was just a few months away. That was a bold statement. Bold. Bold move. <laughs> bold move, Cotton. And the correct answer is March. Yeah. Yeah. Now we need to qualify it a little bit. And, and actually the whole landscape has changed since then. Radically. But in March, Tesla began installing the Magic Dock adapters at various superchargers. Um, but of course, yeah, the total landscape has changed. In 2023, Tesla, or I'm not sure exactly when they did this, but they released the, the NACS, NACS, which I, I hate that acronym, right, uh, right. standard, uh, which is basically their Tesla <clears> connector, Tesla plug. opening it up to everybody. And I was sure this is too little too late. And I'm so wrong. You, you, you said as much on the show. They, they released it in November 2022, by the way. Yeah. So they released it. And then over the course of the year, nearly everybody else has decided that they will, by 2025, start using this connector. And I'm shocked by it. Before then, yeah. they'll, they'll be using an adapter even. So everybody means the only company that hasn't done it yet, and I looked this up, is Stellantis. So that's... Chrysler, Jeep, Fiat. They are the the outliers. Everybody else, including Volkswagen, came aboard. Reluctantly in some cases, but came aboard. Now, I think the caveat, though, is from what... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what they said is they will offer vehicles to have that as an option. They're not necessarily switching all of their vehicles over to Depends on the company. Some said they're switching and some say they're offering like an adapter. So I'll be curious to see... When it actually is just like, we're just switching, right? Like, it's Yeah, just I mean, thing. if they're smart, they'll just switch. Having to mess around with adapters is, is the worst customer Dumb. experience. Our, uh, our producer suggested we also, and we can come back to this question, but like, did anything surprise us? Like that wasn't on our bingo car for 2023. But so right now I'll just sort of interject the wave of the next standard. That yes. was a surprise to me. And it was funny just over the months, seeing the holdouts, the lucids, they're like too proud to use it when, dude, this is a major lifeline yeah. to you because a main problem for you is the fact that the CCS charging infrastructure was terrible. So yeah, that was a major surprise. Anything else to say about that? Nope, just I was awesome. I got it right. To the month. Yeah, so yeah, that's a point for you. 
next question. What month and day will a Cybertruck <laughs> be delivered to a customer? Okay. And now at the time we made a bit of a qualification that we meant real customers, right? Not like a founder sort of thing, but we'll come back to that. So Mike said October 31st, <clears throat> Lewis said July 28th, but maybe 420 because that would be something he would do like April 20th. That was something Elon would do. I initially said end of June, but then waffled and said, well, maybe November because of Blade Runner, November 2019. They did the unveil at that point, specifically because if you look at the opening of Blade Runner, where you see the eyeball and then the yep. city. Yeah, classic scene. Classic. Amazing movie. You should see it if you haven't. That's a November 2019. The original. Well, whichever Ridley Scott cut of that movie. Yeah, so some commenter said November 21st, 2023. And the correct answer was November 30th. But I'll caveat that with, it wasn't quite clear who was getting it. I saw a board member and it seemed like also some Tesla employees and Tesla mouthpieces. Well, I mean, it's, it's a little bit internal. And also what are they doing right now is that they're charging extra 20 K for normal folks that want to get it now as opposed to later. So was it really delivered to a normal customer or has anyone already gotten the foundation yeah. series? I guess some people have gotten it already. So anyway. We'll go ahead and use November 30th, and I don't know if anybody gets that. Good job, random commenter. Well, I did say November, but I waffled <laughs> a bit, so maybe no points for anybody on that one. All right, so wait, what's the score now? So Lewis won, me won, is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Okay, here we go. When will FSD come out of beta? So the point of the question was, will it come out of beta in 2023? We all said definitely no. And I guess we can re-ask the question. I can say what we said then. Now a year has passed. What are our current predictions of when FSD will come out of beta? Well, last year I said no sooner than 2026. Mike was the optimistic one is saying 2025. Lewis said 2027. And then we stopped and say, well, what does it really mean to come out of beta? Because Tesla could just- You can say you're not beta anytime you want. Tesla could just say they're not beta anytime they want. It's a little bit of a legal protection for them to call it beta right now and to say, well, it's unfinished, whatever. But also- Tesla has redefined, they could very easily say, okay, it's out of beta, but redefine the scope of what full self-driving is since they already re redefined the scope of what autopilot is, right? Autopilot should have been right. the full self-driving, right? So they could do it at any time, but then we redefined it to say, well, we'll have a level four, right? That means the car is doing everything and I'm just sitting there, right? The, the distinction between level four and level five is a little bit academic. It's like, the car doesn't need you to be there at level four and at level five, you're not actually there. Right. <laughs> so that's the level five is the robo taxi where the car is driving and, and no one is, is even at the controls or available. Anyway, Lewis said 2030 for level four, which is <laughs> probably reasonable. And Mike pointed out that for robo taxi, you need level four. So when are the robo taxis coming out? So it's a good question. Do we want to revise those? Anyone have any change about when, when will FSD come out of beta? Well, I'll say about the thing you said about beta, right? So FSD version 12, which will be the next big one, has been rolled out already to some external testers that are kind of like the internal mm -hmm. type people. And there are a lot of rumors around how version 12 is going to be the first version where they actually do drop the beta moniker. So it's possible that they actually do drop beta from as a company standpoint this year. So we might all be wrong, as in they might do it sooner than we expected. But I think to your point, though, that's just them redefining mm -hmm. what it means. And it still doesn't change the when does level mm -hmm. you know, four happen. But are they actually going to call it FSD, given all the legal stuff that's like floating around that right now? My understanding is like FSD version 12.1 well, or my, whatever. My, my question but, is if they say, OK, we're out of beta, but it's no longer FSD. It's enhanced autopilot version two or whatever. Could happen. Mike makes a good point because there's been a lot of rumbling about basically false advertising. And part of it is the name. I'm a Tesla fan, but I would not be upset if Tesla were forced to change the name of this thing because it ain't what it says on the tin right now. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be upset if they were forced to give me hardware for. Well, you had to slip that in there, didn't you? <laughs> Sorry, I'm still bitter. Still bitter. Part of the promise of my car was that it was going to be a robo taxi. 
Like I was going to be able to flip a switch and then the car starts making money for me. That's why we can't buy back our leases is they were all supposed to be yeah. robo taxis or at least originally. So to put it a little bit in context, when I was looking back at the show roughly a year ago, version 11 was just getting out like 11.3 was just getting out to normal people. And I think we had just gotten it and it was about a year later than we were told we'd get it. So Virgin 12 is getting to some people now. Are we really going to get it this year? Or maybe it'll be the beginning of next year, beginning of 2025. I think it's feasible for us to get it before the end of this year. I think this year for 12. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause Elon's been driving it for a while, like since mid last year, but. Well, that was the same case with 11. Right. Sure. But yeah, I think we'll probably see it by the end of this year, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be soon. Like, I don't think we're going to get it next this quarter. Yeah, it will be interesting. I mean, the major difference, uh, as we've said before, is that the neural net will be deciding what the car does, not just doing the perception, but also the action. Uh, right now, one thing I noticed that my car does a lot, which I don't think is illegal in most states, is it will change lanes in an intersection while going through an intersection. Yeah, mine's done that. Yep. I'd love to tell it, hey. Don't do that. Okay, you know you need to make a change, but you easily could have done it before we went through or waited till <laughs> after. But here you are doing it right as we're going through the light. In the middle of the and, light. And uh, that's not a good idea. Because there's no line on the road, so it knows that it can move over. Right? There's no <laughs> line telling no, just kidding. <laughs> That might be part of it. Uh, there used to be a major problem of it not knowing where to be, and it would it wasn't intending to change lanes. It would just drift. It would just drift. That got better, but that was a major embarrassment when I had someone in the car and it would do that. It was just like, Ugh. so let me ask you guys this since we're talking mm. about beta and FSD and what FSD really means. There's been a big dust up about the new updates, the recall updates that were supposed to have, have changed how the car behaved with you sitting there glancing at the iPad or not paying attention, nagging you. Now, I have all the updates. I haven't had any issue me neither. as far as the car nagging me any more than before. But I will say the car seems a lot smoother on the highway, at least. I was actually able to do a 120-mile drive, not quite door-to-door, -door, but at least freeway on-ramp to freeway exit and not have to get in the middle of it. That's the first time in three years. My experience is, unless you really take data, it's hard to know, but just it feels like it's been a bit more naggy, or at least it's been quicker to nag. Okay. Like when I'm looking at the screen to make sure the nav is going where I want it to go, I feel like it's yelling at me a lot faster. Uh, it's to the point that it's, it's not usable. <laughs> like I need to disengage it <laughs> and then check the nav and then re-engage it, which doesn't make sense because it would be safer for it to be engaged while I'm checking those things. So that's been my experience. And also, I guess one thing that did happen is the notifications of like, uh, you got to put your hand on the wheel, all that, the fonts have gotten bigger. Yeah. So it's a little bit more in your face, which I appreciate because sometimes I miss it. I don't mind that at all, actually. But I, I do feel like I'm getting nagged a little bit more. Again, I, ha I haven't noticed additional nags, but it might be just because I'm driving an S, right? So I don't look to the screen normally while I'm driving. I have the thing through the steering wheel. Yeah, I have the thing right in front of you. So Yeah, I'm forced to turn my head a little bit to the side, right. and it yells at me really quick. Yeah. Really quick. It's unfortunate. All right, let's move along. So the question last year was, will Tesla unveil a brand new model aimed at a lower price segment? So this is for 2023. Will they unveil it? I said no. Mike said yes. Lewis said yes. Yeah, blew that. <laughs> the correct answer is no. Though some information did come out from the Isaacson book. So we heard more about it. And actually, we learned some interesting things that Elon wanted Tesla to go ahead and build a robo-taxi, even though they were nowhere close to it being able to be usable. It's like, it's okay, go ahead and do it. I'll take responsibility. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> and so the engineers or designers managed to convince him like, well, it can be the same as the cheaper car. And he's like, okay. And that makes totally more sense. Let's to go ahead and make the cheaper car. Imagine if he made the robo-taxis years ago. That would be terrible, right? <laughs> I mean, it'd be pretty hilarious, but it would be terrible. Yeah, I mean, look at Cruz and how that ended up. So I said no. And main reason I said no was I, I said it would be too embarrassing for Tesla 
to unveil yet another vehicle that they're not going to actually deliver anytime soon when at the time they still weren't delivering the Cybertruck, which came out in 2019. They still weren't delivering the Roadster, which was unveiled in 2017. And I'll add that they still need to get a lot of work done on the semi because the semi isn't delivering or, or doing what they need to yet. And that was also unveiled with a ton of promises in 2017 being better than rail, better than rail, he kept saying. <laughs> and it's just not there yet. So I thought it'd be ridiculous to unveil yet another vehicle. But the Cybertruck is at least starting delivery. So what do we think for 2024? Are they going to show this particular car off? They're going to unveil it by 2024? Unveil or sell? They won't sell it. I don't think anyone will be able to buy it in 2024. I, I think they might unveil it, much like the Cybertruck, and then sell it for three years. Yeah. I'm on the fence. I feel like if they need the bump for the stock price, if they need to generate buzz, they might unveil towards the end of the year. But I agree with you. They have a lot of other projects they need to actually be serious on that they realistically won't be actively doing it. The stock bump theory was the exact thing I said last year for them. If they need a stock bump, if they need to generate some hype for some reason. I would hope, though, that this vehicle, which is supposed to be a more of a general vehicle, I mean, it should have more demand than anything else they have just because of price. I would hope that they'd be further along and that they unveil it and then be ready to start shipping something within, yeah, right within away. six months or something as opposed to yeah. six years, right? Okay, so Danny says they will unveil it, but won't launch it until 2026, more likely 2027. So let's see. I suppose that should be nailed down. So let's go back. So Lewis, are they going to unveil it or no in 2024? I, I think no, but I mean, maybe, but probably not. I should have said no last year too, because <laughs> it definitely didn't make sense then. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think they'll have an event for it. If anything, they might mention it at a different event. Mm-hmm. But although technically they already did that, right? They had the drape. They already did that. They already did that. You're waffling a lot. You know that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Tesla waffles. So like, <laughs> yeah, so what am I saying? I'm hoping that they don't. I'm going to go with no, yeah. Because it won't be ready. I prefer they unveil it when it's ready to go within the year. That hasn't been their style. And they have so much to do with the Cybertruck. And then they got new Gigafactories going up. Like Mexico, what Mexico, what's their main goal? Is Mexico for the Model 2? I thought it was. I think that's the way we need to look at it, is when those factories go online. Yeah, the Mexico factory is slated to start production either by uh, end of 2026 or into 2027. Okay. Production of what? Yeah, who knows? Didn't we say. Don't know. Okay. Will Tesla get a communications officer or publicly facing COO? Not chance in hell. Nope. <laughs> That was a question for 2023, and we all simply said no. We basically said they should, but they won't, because this is now <laughs> just tea leaves and Elon's personality sort of thing. And so, yes, they definitely should, a la Gwen <laughs> Shotwell at SpaceX, um, but they won't. And so for 2024, nothing changes. I think it's the same. Nothing changes. The nope. same deal. I guess there's some question is, will Elon be forced to do something like that? I doubt it. But I, I mean, he has total control of the board, really, at Tesla. So, I mean, there was some some news about uh, Elon using various substances and whatnot. I still don't think that will affect him at all. It's not going to. There's more of a question with SpaceX because there are legal ramifications there. Even there, I think they'll figure out a way to just let it go. Elon has a lot of power, particularly with SpaceX, and given the needs of the military... <laughs> They can't get. They can't replace SpaceX. There's nothing yeah. to replace them with. Yeah. So, so it's not going to change anything. Also, I think his response today was something along the lines of he had three years of random drug testing after the podcast and he passed all of them. So that was like one of the stipulations they made is he had to agree to do random that drug testing. That was a NASA stipulation, right? I think so. Hmm. Something like that. Yeah. So yeah. somebody did, and he passed them all. So I wonder how I random. Mean, uh, that is like you get a yeah. Up, right? Well, I mean, let's hey. let's. Hey, Elon. About four days from now, you yeah, might let's, let's be, have a test. <laughs> let's be clear. But uh, anyway, it, it doesn't matter. It's not going to. Well, it kind of goes back to when we were talking about AI alignment, and I said, well, 
there's the Elon alignment problem. Right? Yeah. I, I think it seems that they want to keep them happy because there's no alternative. Yep. They need right. Starlink. They need SpaceX for military launches. There's nothing else. Blue Origin's getting there, but they're well, not there Vulcan yet. Well, Vulcan is supposed to yet. do a, a launch tomorrow, but that's been greatly delayed partially because of Blue Origin because they contracted the, uh, the engines from them. So yep. I, there really needs to be more... Uh, competition and i think earlier we were talking about uh, blue origin I'd, I'd really like to see them succeed uh it'd be nice to have more players there mm-hmm. i mean spacex has been amazing and i think blue origin has the potential to be similarly amazing along the lines of this question of having a coo or having a, a different ceo and elon stepping down sort of thing and we've talked before and what we talked about last year about elon being important in terms of being the person willing to take those risks to develop a landing first stage or a cyber truck or something weird like that, whereas a normal company wouldn't do that. A GM wouldn't do that. A Boeing wouldn't develop that on their own. They'll go along with what they're doing. But I have the sense that Blue Origin with a, a leader like Bezos is maybe somewhere in the middle. They're a bit more traditional in that mm-hmm. they'll spend a lot of time testing before they launch anything. And they've been mostly working in the shadows as opposed to out in the public where somebody just walking by can photograph what they're doing. But I think with Bezos being more directly involved, maybe they'll speed up and... Uh, they'll be more innovative than the traditional aerospace companies. More innovative which than ULA, which is basically up on the block right now <laughs> to be sold. Yep. Probably Blue Origin. Yep. I, I don't know. If it makes sense for Blue Origin to buy them. Might It might make sense for them in terms of just buying the, the contracts and the infrastructure, but... It might just be dead weight. Yeah. Anyway, Tony Bruno's cool though. So maybe just do a aqua hire <laughs> of him. Lay off everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So along the same lines, the other question we had, will Elon step down as CEO in calendar year 2023? We all said no. Not willingly. Right. Not willingly. <laughs> and nope. I think we basically already discussed it. It's same thing for 2024. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Yeah. Okay. So here's the real question with the actual answer. Will the Model 3 refresh be unveiled in calendar 2023? We all said yes. And Mike specified Q2. I kind of guessed August. I don't know if you gave a date. Now, the Model 3 refresh was the the Highland update. We sort of heard about it. Right. It started in EU first. It took a long time to get here. I'm not clear on the dates. But we all said yes, so maybe we're all right. So, uh, And I've lost track of points already. Anyway, moving on. Someone's asking here. I do have a question. Do you think they will allow FSD transfer in some shape or form in 2024? Okay, we'll come back to that, but no. (laughs) I I think yes, under some conditions. Like, they did it in 2023. I think they'll do it again. Well, that was a pretty limited. Sure, and and I think there'll be strings on it, but I think to push their numbers, they will do that same offer again at some point this year. We'll come back to that as a 2024 prediction. Then the last thing we asked for 2023, does Twitter exist in the same form in 2023? Mike said no. I said mostly yes, but less important. What's the correct answer? I think the correct answer is, yeah, Twitter's basically the same thing it was for the most part. It's the same interface. The name has changed. It's lost, what, 7% of the value when Elon bought it, but it's still mostly the same. I feel like the people have changed. Twitter, I mean, it's whatever you look at. I use Twitter for science news. There are a lot of journalists and scientists that I followed were on there. And then, of course, Tesla news and SpaceX stuff. And for the most part, for me, like the general news stuff, unless it's like a major event, like the earthquake in Japan or whatever, that's kind of gone. Like the sort of real-time useful news stuff or coverage of things happening on the ground is just... at least not in my feed. Um, and that's my personal experience. And for me, it's only really good for Tesla and SpaceX news. But then that news isn't balanced anymore. Like it's only pro voices instead of reasonable contrarian voices are kind of drowned out now. So it's basically a less useful experience for me right now. I kind of feel like it's closer to Mike's no than to your yes. But yeah, <laughs> I, agree, I agree with everything you just said. So yeah. So was there anything else that happened in 2023 that you didn't expect or that was a surprise that we didn't discuss? I mean, I didn't expect them to offer FSD transfers. So 
That was the thing they did that kind of surprised me. Again, it was restricted to a narrow set of circumstances. They also, I think, were offering free supercharging again. Didn't that happen at some point? Limited. Yeah. Three to six months. But still, I think my main surprise is what we said earlier. NACS? The NACS or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that I was a little bit surprised by Cybertruck, the level of interesting technology that's in it, as opposed to just being funny looking and quote unquote bulletproof. <laughs> the drive-by-wire was much more interesting and much more bold than I thought it would be. And the 48 volt stuff is exciting. And also, at least what they've shown, of course, they're going to show it themselves in a positive light, but the manufacturing stuff looks pretty interesting. It's good. Certainly the 48-volt stuff and the drive-by-wire stuff, I would like to see that propagate through the rest of the industry, really. So yeah. and hopefully Cybertruck can be a catalyst for that. A lot of good innovation there. Okay, so let's, uh, let's make some predictions now before we wrap for 2024. Will Tesla unveil a brand new model in 2024? So now this is not just the Model 2, the lower-cost vehicle that we talked about. Will they show something else in 2024? No. Nope. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either, but there are potential things. And what I'd like to see them do, if it's not too hard, if it's on the same platform, have a box van or um, that actually, that's the main thing. Like the Rivian for Amazon? Yeah, so either a variation on the Cybertruck platform or a variation of the semi platform and have that sort of last mile delivery or that sort of intermediary spot between the, the semi. So yeah, like Rivian is doing for Amazon, they should have a, a utility van that they can use for their own Tesla Rangers and that other people can buy. Something a little more practical than the Cybertruck. But will that happen? You think they could afford the batteries for that, though? Like, I wonder how much of it is just part constraint, right? Like, they can't sell any more than they're selling anyway. Yeah. So that goes to the factory stuff. Like, their mega factories that they are talking about, those tend to be battery-focused, uh, I think. So will that happen? There was a uh, piece I read about the batteries, as you were just talking about, Lewis. They say the biggest problem is the dry cathode. They, they can't get the dry cathode technology to deliver in the quantity they need. Mm -hmm. it, it's too, it, at this point, it's too hard to do reliably for any amount of volume. Yeah, so that's, so. that's limiting 4680 mm -hmm. production, basically. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, let's see. So the question is, given how Tesla is opening superchargers to other vehicles, what do you think the worldwide total superchargers, the number of superchargers will be by the end of 2024? So in 2023, Tesla opened 11,000 new supercharger stalls, reaching a global total of 50,000. That's a tough one. I'm not a... well. I'll ballpark 75,000. I say they're a little bit more than double what they did last year as they ramp things up. I, I don't know. I mean, Optimistic. I've had four brand new supercharger sites go in in the last six months near me. And not one of them are set up for multi-vehicle or multi-brand charging. Oh, I don't. I, it's not going to be magic, Doc. These are just superchargers. Just plain superchargers? Just plain superchargers. Because they don't need a magic dock anymore. Everybody's going to be well, but they, they can't just they can't just be the same. They need <laughs> well, they need either longer cables or they need to set up the arrangements so yeah, you're not sure. Basically, I've seen them taking out the pillars, right. the safety pillars, and I've seen them taking out the safety bumpers on the ground. Yeah, so that you're not losing a spot. If a Rivian pulls in to charge right. now, they're and a Tesla wants to come, you're basically taking up two spots instead of just one. Well. If we're just talking plain superchargers, I would say we're at 50,000 now. I'd say 65,000. I mean, the thing is, the need is really there. If they're really trying to ramp up and be available for these other vehicles. And and that's nodes. That's not sites. That's right. Correct. This, this is, is physical stalls. charging cables. Yeah. I'll just say 70. Yeah. 70 to 75, I think, is where it's going to be. But yeah. Okay. But let's have actual numbers so we can score it. He's saying 65, you're saying 70, so I'll say 75, and we'll just... We'll split it. Yeah. And we'll all be wrong. <laughs> okay. Will Gigafactory Mexico or Megafactory Shanghai open in calendar 2024? I'm going to say no with Mexico. I don't know enough about the Shanghai thing. I, I tend to think in China, they're able to really quickly open the Chinese Gigafactory. So if this thing is anyway started already, I mean, I, I basically know nothing about it, but if it's in any way started... 
I will say yes for the Shanghai Mega Factory. I'm the same way. I, Mexico, I'm saying absolutely not. If they've started Shanghai, which again, I don't know anything about Mega Factory Shanghai. Absolutely. I, every, whenever I'm in Asia, if you look at what they do in China, how fast they build in China, Taiwan, that whole region, it's nuts. So yeah, if they started it, sure, it'll be open. <laughs> Mike, same? Same. Okay, another question. Will another vehicle, Tesla or otherwise, dethrone the Model Y as the world's best-selling car? That's tough because if you count China with D- domestic or overseas, <laughs> yeah. Well, he said world, right? But yeah, if you count Chinese, BYD could do it with some lame cheap car. Lame cheap. <laughs> I don't. I don't mean to be disparaging, but just a cheaper car. Um, I'm going to say no. I think that the vehicle to dethrone it is the Model Two or whatever Tesla ends up calling it, and that's not happening next year. So uh, I'm going to say no for now. It certainly won't be any domestic. I'll say yes, possibly a BYD model, just to be different. It's possible. Because I agree. It may not happen, but if it does, it's probably going to be them. I'll say no. Okay, will we see Model 3 version 2.0 in the United States? I assume the questioner means Highland, and yes. Yeah, it's already here. It's not shipped yet, but it's coming. I think within the next quarter. We'll have that yeah, vehicle in the agreed. States. I don't know if I'll be happy about it, mainly because of the goofy turn signal nonsense. It looks like the aftermarket has come up with your sexy button solution. So, uh, <laughs> the sexy <laughs> buttons. Well, better than the boring button solution. That would be the Tesla solution. That would be <laughs> Tesla's buttons. <laughs> so, yeah, we all said yes. Okay. How many Cybertrucks will be on the road? By the end of 2024. Okay, we've sort of talked about this before uh, when we did our various Cybertruck coverages. And I think we all came out for Q1. We were being optimistic and saying, or at least I was saying, within the single thousands. So not a lot. Yes, not a lot. By Q1. Now, after that, if they get their act together, it's, I, it's hard to say. I still don't think you're going to see a lot just because of constraints around the supplies. Will they get 20,000? Yeah. Total? So there were options from the producer, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. He said fewer <laughs> than 5,000, more than 5,000, but fewer than 10,000, more than 10,000. So I'm saying around mm. 5,000, definitely fewer than 10,000 Q1. By Q4, do they better have 10,000 by Q4? They'll, they'll take a serious hit in stock if they can't. I'll go ahead and be optimistic and say more than 10K by the end of 2024. Yeah, I'll agree. So I'll say I agree it's probably more than 10,000. However, to me, it's questionable if that, like, it's very possible they don't. Oh, it's hit definitely it. possible. <laughs> well, well they're not going to come anywhere near the when we look at wise the, delivery. The I production mean. hell, as they like to always say, <laughs> and just the ramping rates and how delayed things have been. Yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking Q1 is going to be closer to 1,000 than mm-hmm. it is to 5,000. And then it's like, okay, at what rate yeah. can they actually ramp up? So I think it's going to be close, but I agree with you. It'll really murder their stock if they don't get them out there. I'm still going with <laughs> over 10,000. I just don't think it's it's not going to be like 100,000. Like it's no, not, even, not even close. Not even close in my opinion. Okay. We'll see. I think a, a good question will be when do they stop with this foundation series? Yeah, but that's their cash cow to keep it going. Why even stop it if people are, are still buying it, right? That's right. That's free money. I mean, give, pay 20 grand and skip the line. I mean, come on. Disney's been doing yeah. that for years. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's free money for Tesla. I mean, yeah. Okay, here we go. This is funny. I, I think the answer is easy. Will we see a driverless ride from the West Coast to the East Coast in 2024? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, well, wait, does it count charging? Because <laughs> it certainly yeah, can't, can't do, do that, that right? Like- <laughs> and, and I'm sure people have offered. Someone might do it, and they'll talk about how they had zero interventions or some nonsense. But, dude, you had to stop. You had to charge. Um, so not in any meaningful way. Not nope. in a way that actually means something. Will that happen? And. When will we see that? We won't see that until the other predictions we already made, like the level four stuff. So the answer is no. <laughs> 2030. See, I, I wasn't Sorry. even considering the, the charging. I was just considering the stupid roundabouts. So I <laughs> can't make it through. So. <laughs> well, I, mean, so I, I think it's a fair question, though, of like, 
Do you think it could do all of the highways, right? Like without intervention, right? Could no. you do no. east to west or west to east? I, I, I grew up on the east coast, so I think east to west. But our producer lives in the west yeah, coast. Yeah. We, 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 we get the idea. Well, either way. I think Gillis, Gillis discussed as New York to California back in what, no. 2016 yeah. or something? Either way. I think the question is, could you do the highways only? I would say you're pretty close to that, probably. Nope. Still no, because of construction, right? Uh There's always construction on those roads and other things, but... um, Dude, if you wanted to get to Los Angeles from New York, you have to cross over the mountains that we have here. And I can tell you from experience that my car wants to do 50 on these twisty-turny roads when the sign's posted at 20. (laughs) I, I think you might get here, but you'd be in pieces. <laughs> I've done some fairly long drives, and there are spots where you have to go on, especially like Texas or whatever. There are these highways that are basically like towns. You know, it's just, it's just weird. Like, uh, it's a, it'll be a 70 mile an hour road, but there's spots where you don't have an acceleration lane. And you literally just sort of turn. You have cross traffic and stuff. And so there are too many opportunities for weird stuff At that 70. you won't be able to do. So, so no, yeah. but. I, yeah, I, I, don't think I so. find it very good on the highway, but um, no. So within, I would say very good on the highway within normal conditions. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we're just all saying no there. So let's move on. All right. So the last one we have written down here is, will Tesla deliver a Roadster 2.0 in 2024? Nope. I wish, but no. Yeah, I say no also. <laughs> no way. But yeah, they need to do that. But we know somebody that will deliver a roadster in 2024. He's almost ready to paint it. Oh, we're talking about the cyber roadster? <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, I don't remember. But yeah, that was a neat pro- project. We had him on the show. <laughs> I had him on the show, Doug. <laughs> that was a modified Model 3, right? Uh, Model 3 performance. Heavily modified. Lots of Bondo. Impressive work. But uh, yeah, probably not. I'm going to say no, mainly because guess what they need to do? They need to ramp up the Cybertruck and the Roadster is kind of extra. I wouldn't be surprised if they unveil the Model 2 before they start delivering a Roadster. Agreed. And what about all those people that paid all that money? Man, those people don't need the money. They're fine. That's a loan. <laughs> that's an interest-free loan that Tesla got. That's all. And then, you know, if they start making the roadster, then that's them having to start repaying the loan. So why would you? Most of those guys made more money off the stock in the time period than the loan that they gave to Tesla. They don't care. Except for the guys that took out money to buy the roadster. If they had just kept their money in the stock, they would have made a heck of a lot more. That's fair. They would have made made more. Huge if you're going to make that argument. There's definitely an opportunity cost. Sure. It's fair. But no, honestly, there are things that are much more important. Like we mentioned, getting semi going right. Cybertruck is really important to get right. Not that I think the Cybertruck itself is that important, but I think the technology it represents is pretty important. So I'd like to see that in the mainstream and the company kind of depends on it. So any final thoughts here? Anything else we want to stick our necks out about? I think there are a few uh, comments, questions. Yeah. Let's see. So Ben Edwards says... What do you know about FSD coming to UK, please? Okay, we know nothing about FSD coming to the UK. Nothing. Um, Sorry. I think that sort of stuff in general, there's so many more regulations in Europe. Uh, I mean, the autopilot in Europe, or at least in the UK, as I've heard to my friends in the UK, it's basically unusable because they have limits to the amount of torque that the car is able to administer itself on the steering wheel. So... It can't apply enough torque just to go around a, a relatively sharp curve. So it's basically useless there. I was like, so can you imagine like you're on the highway and it goes a curve and you're just doing autopilot and the car just runs off the road because it's not allowed to give itself enough torque to make the corner. <laughs> so that would be pretty terrible. Let's see. Jeremy asks, FSD subscription ever coming to Canada? So now there was FSD in Canada. At least it seemed geofence, wasn't it? Wasn't there something like that going on? Yeah, they did it. I think it was around Toronto or something, but it was geofenced. They will do FSD subscriptions probably at some point in Canada. As far as when, no idea. <laughs> if it's not available everywhere in Canada, 
then having it anything other than a subscription is pretty terrible, right? Like if you pay 12 or 15 K for something you can't really use, which is everybody's situation, but yeah. to a lesser extent. <laughs> Think about it though. I mean, FSD through some of the rural countryside of Canada, that could end badly. Wow. I mean, we all use it in places where it fails, right? <laughs> but it's not true FSD, right? But it is a major sort of convenience that we are able to use. So, and I'm, that. and I've, you know, I've driven in Canada, certainly most places it, it would be usable. In fact, I've, I think I've used it, right? Uh, I don't think mine, I drove to Canada. I don't remember my autopilot shutting down on me or anything. So, uh, oh, didn't geofence you off? No, no, I don't think so. No, I mean the geofence thing was just when they were doing, uh, the first city street mm -hmm. driving or whatever for FSD. I, I don't think it's geofenced anymore. It should be just. Okay. So they just everywhere. don't offer subscriptions there. That's odd. I think so. Will Tesla announce vehicle to grid in 2024? They already are offering that with the Cybertruck now, right? Well, it gets more interesting because the very newest generation of the wall charger has provisions mm -hmm. for this. Only though, if you tie it into the mm -hmm. power wall. So s something's in the works. I don't think so, but maybe. Uh, to grid. <laughs> I don't know that you would do it to grid, right? You would do it to your house, but... There wouldn't be much advantage for you to do it to grid. Perhaps that's what they're referring to. Yeah, maybe they're just saying vehicle to load or whatever in general. He is one of these guys from the UK. They got a funny way of saying things. <laughs> Don't listen to Mike. <laughs> <laughs> they're earthing it instead of grounding it, or they're just saying. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, I I think yes. I think they're already doing something like that with the Cybertruck. So I would say yes. I think the potential's there. I don't think they're going to enable it for their existing cars. Well, okay, that's a different kind of question. That, that would require different electronics, right? Yeah, I think they're going to do it. They're going to do it somehow. But it might be cars that have the newer batteries, and it might be like maybe a newer Model Y when that comes out or whatever. That's a kind of a lower hanging fruit. I think they might go ahead and announce something like that since it's already pretty connected to what the Cybertruck is doing. Okay, let's see. Adam asked, did the thing about you cannot resell your Cybertruck no flipping on cars and bids type websites surprise you? This is when we were doing our things that were surprised in us. 2023. 2023. Did that surprise me? Not really. Well, they backed down, but then they put it back into the contract. Yeah, they backed down, so. but then it came back. There's something in there. I mean, I haven't read the, the contracts, but there's That's something. Tesla. Just kidding. There's something snuck in there. I don't think they're going to sue you, but there's something else in there. They don't want you reselling it. They want the value as opposed... That's the whole point of that foundation series, right? Taking advantage of that extra value, given the higher demand early days. You think they're trying to put the kibosh on what happened with the reservations back in the day where people were reselling reservations for thousands of dollars? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they want to capture that revenue. Yeah. I, it surprised me because it sounds like such a ridiculous thing to try to do. Like, you can't sell your thing that you bought. Like, what? If you can't sell something, that means you don't own it. Well, you don't own it. Yeah, you use it. So I was surprised by it. I was not surprised when they backed down. I was not surprised when they backed down, but I, it feels like that was PR backing down, and then they snuck something back in there. So before we wrap up, Ben Edwards clarifies, and basically what we were thinking when we were talking about autopilot in the UK, he's like, correct, yes. It used to slow down for corners, but now it barely slows down. Oops. Yeah, they call that drift mode. <laughs> and then he, because he speaks funny, he clarifies, sorry to house when we're talking about the vehicle to grid. That's right, Ben. We understand. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we've already said, I think they'll do some kind of announcement like that in a way they've already have. So. I don't think they will on existing cars, but they might for the newer ones. We'll just have to hack it like we did for the CCS charger. Like, for example, like a Model S is probably not going to do it at all, ever, ever, unless they change the back, because they still have to use the old cells for the performance. So they can't use 4680s. They're not going to do it for not 4680s. It kills the life of the car. Yeah, it might be the more the chemistry than the form factor. The lower right. end Rare. cars that lost their uh, tax credit, the iron phosphate. Yeah, iron phosphate batteries. Yeah, they're a little more um, sensitive. No, less sensitive to. They're less. Yeah, they're much more forgiving. Are they? No, they're more forgiving. All right. Yeah. So the the energy density is lower. Iron phosphate is great for battery backup. Yeah. yeah. Cycle it. The charge it 100. The cycles you can just cycle them hundred thousand times. 
Good to know. Right. So those will probably be a little easier because you're not losing the value, right, in the pack. You're degrading the pack less. And that was the main argument Tesla had against vehicle degrade for years. It's like, well, that cycle life is real value and you want it for your car, right? And that's why, like, okay, the Powerwall is a separate product. Buy a Powerwall. Yeah. Now they may try to force you to still buy a power wall because there's certain electronics that you need that's already there in the power wall and they'll like that sort of synergy. If they, oh, if this is a like an emergency thing you really want, then maybe they'll force you to do that. But there are other vehicles that allow this. I can't remember off the top of my head, but Ford Lightning does. Well, of course the Ford Lightning, but I mean, previous vehicles, the Leaf had it in Japan with their Chademo that you could use in emergencies. And there was some CCS vehicle and I can't remember which one. So yeah, okay, well, hey, why don't we wrap up? We did it. We did it. We made it. So this is a throwback. So that's 57. No, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 57, we're back, 2024. Let's see, how did we do? Did we tally up the score? I'm going with Doug probably won, but we'll just say Mike won and not worry about it. How how did I win? I have no idea. I have no idea. If anybody lost, it was Mike. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to be nice, Doug. Uh, (laughs) Honestly, if if I won, it's because I hedged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Tesla waffle. Yeah, the Tesla waffle. (laughs) But hey, it was March, so I'm I'm riding that high. That was pretty good. That was was good. good That was good. Because yeah. we had nothing. nothing. We had nothing really to go on <laughs> so, on that one. And so that was it, a, a pretty good uh, pretty good prediction. I, the reason I picked March is like, end of Q1, March. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why I did it. Works for me. Anyway, <laughs> cool. So that's episode 57. We did our predictions. We did our updates. It'll be interesting to see where our predictions for 2024 end up by the end of the year. As always, thanks for joining us. Thanks for all the love and the hate. Keep the comments coming and likes, subscribes and all that. You can always check out teslamotorsclub.com, become a preferred supporting member there, which helps out the site and the podcast. And thank you to Danny and Adam and James and whoever behind the scenes, all the people making this happen. We'll see you next time.